0: Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It Let's Watch It where we watch as we love and then rip them apart. Do you think people think that we have that pre recorded and we don't do it live every time? <laughs> I don't know. I mean I feel like we should have a pre recorded. We probably should, but Dawn can attest to the early days where I needed to literally write it into my notes to remember what I needed to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's live, guys. That's live. It's live. So we have um, another garbage episode of Riverdale to talk about. It
1: was... It wasn't enjoyable because...
0: Well, I mean, there's so <laughs> many reasons. Tell us why, Dawn.
1: There was just so many reasons, <laughs> but I don't know what we're following anymore. I can't we're really... We're confused. Yeah. I can't pinpoint any particular scene or storyline that is like riveting enough for me to be excited for like the following week.
0: Right. Yeah. Like because it doesn't feel continuous in the way that a normal season would feel. Like this just feels isolated. Every week is a different thing. And so why do we care from one week to the next what's happening?
1: Right. And everybody's, which we'll get into more, but everybody's storyline is just... They are st- like nobody really.
0: There was overlaps. A lot of, yeah, there was a lot of overlap.
1: Like you went from okay, these two to these two to these. two. Like there was no easy seamless transition to a storyline. Like it was just very. It was a
0: lot of. It felt very short stories to me. If which ever, it could
1: have been, it could have been what it could have what been they the were going for. Yes. Yeah,
0: because I I think you know the episode was titled Ghost Stories. It reminded me of some of the short story novels that Stephen King has released especially since the one with Jack and Tabitha has like, serious shining vibes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminded me of sort of that where he you know he released these books of multiple short stories and some of them are really spooky. some of them were like whatever. Oh but... or
1: the scary stories to tell in the dark those yes are
0: all... yeah exactly. So like I think that's sort of the vibe that they were going for. But again, uh it just feels like such a waste of time because right is it a
1: stand should it be a standalone episode or is it really know. involved in the rest of the plot I exactly don't,
0: don't exactly we don't know if any of this has any sort of bearing on on riverdale with a d going forward <laughs> like we don't we don't know and that's the whole struggle of this five episode event but
1: we are going to try to figure it out and to get us started here's our 60 second summary
2: this week's episode of Riverdale is told in three spooky stories. First off, we have Jughead and Tabitha, who are discovering that cohabitation isn't all it's cracked up to be. After Tabitha discovers that the prior tenants of their apartment died by murder suicide, she starts seeing similarities between the dead couple's relationship problems and her own. Like his ghostly counterpart, Jughead becomes increasingly obsessed with his work and neglects both Tabitha and common human decency. Things almost get to the point of violence, but Tabitha ultimately decides that some healthy communication is probably better than murder. Let's jump to another toxic relationship. Veronica and Reggie are on thin ice as it is, but things get even worse when Reggie develops a sudden and intense obsession with a new car that reminds him of. His first car, Bella. Veronica discovers a connection between his car and a potentially inappropriate relationship with his high school driver's ed teacher and decides the best way to handle that is to smash his new car to pieces. She tries to apologize and make up for it with another new car but only after finding out that Reggie's father has died suddenly from a mysterious illness. And finally, Tony gets involved in a gang fight and ends up unintentionally murdering Darla Dickerson's son. This triggers the summoning of a vengeance spirit known as La Llorona who goes around the town, of tempting murders and stealing fetuses to get revenge. In the end, Tony sacrifices her life to save baby Anthony and becomes La Llorona herself because at this point, why the hell not?
0: All right, which ghost story would you like to start with?
1: Um, Let's go with... Only because I find it really fucking hilarious. Can we do Reggie's obsession with his car? (laughs) (laughs) Only because it gives me like... Like you said, Stephen King, so it gives me like the whole... Christine vibes. Christine vibes, vibes, but also... What? Uh,
0: This was... This was... Oh, we were given a past story process.
1: we were given a past story that we never ever 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 heard about before
0: no and can we just say stop raising children in Riverdale because this is now the second predator that they've enlisted female female, female, female predator, predator in the Riverdale School District preying on young boys so <laughs> what are we doing here what is happening but yeah. So, oh, uh, so Reggie, Reggie, Reggie's sad. Reggie, <laughs> Reggie's sad. No, but like understand so his dad's ill, Ill From in the some sort of mysterious illness, which we have no context for. Again, so, we're getting, we're fine. getting
1: little bits and pieces here just to
0: fill time. And again, do we know if this is also happening in Riverdale with a D? We don't know. Is this just a river veil construct? So we don't know if Reggie's father- Do they cross
1: over ever? Is like... fully
0: dead or fully alive? We don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. But for the purposes of this He's episode- He's half sick, half healthy. Yeah. For the purposes of this episode, Reggie's father is on his deathbed. And so Reggie is in like not such a good place. And some guy randomly rolls up to the car dealership which he is apparently still working out with his father which is news to me mm. and is looking to sell his same make same model car as Reggie's car from high school his his Bella his Bella his beloved bella and reggie is the worst car salesman in the world and is like i'll give you double the kelly blue book price and uh you know whatever the fuck you want and it's like all right dude like he probably would have gone for like one and a half but is what it is so he acquires this car and then just immediately becomes obsessed with it if he could have fucked the car he would have yeah, have you ever seen that show, My Mastrange- Strange Addiction? Yeah, yes, that's what it's And called. the guy, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. I made
1: love with the bumper. That's I <laughs>
0: it's the most uncomfortable I've been in a long time. He lays under the... <laughs> I can't... He kisses it with tongue. It's if like know it, is starting to starting.
1: be irked by it. So just TLC, do it, watch okay, it, you got yeah. it.
0: Okay, so Reggie doesn't do that, but... He would if he could. So we eventually discover, because Veronica has now become suspicious that Reggie is spending time with another woman when in reality he's spending time with another car, and she discovers that Reggie had some sort of relationship with his high school driver's ed teacher. Now... Reggie claims that this relationship was not sexual, that she was simply a shoulder to cry on because he was going through a lot of shit with his father at the time, and she was the only one who listened. But we do know from Principal Weatherby that this woman was fired for having inappropriate relationships with students. Yes. So why? Like, do we think that do we trust Reggie? Do we think that this relationship was not sexual? I kind of do trust him. Okay,
1: cuz I felt, I mean, again, this is just maybe just incredible acting, but him confessing to Veronica once she
0: <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's let's put a pin in that. Let's just address Reggie for okay, now, <laughs> okay?
1: But when he was admitting a whole other no, I have issue. to get into that. Um, I have to get into her too, which yes. is Yes. Yeah,
0: whole other issue. Um
1: No, he just, he just seemed very genuine in how he described his relationship with her and relationship, I mean, just, it was a teacher acquaintance. He didn't have the best, you know, upbringing. He was abused by his father. It was somebody, it was a counselor, she was a counselor of sorts, but it just so happened that she prayed on other, like he didn't take the bait in a way. Like he saw it more as a mentor and somebody to be there to listen to him, where she might have had other motives, but I don't know. I believe Reggie. I believe Reggie.
0: Uh, I come down on so many different places with this because I think why, you know, why even include the fact that she had had inappropriate relationships with other students if her relationship with Reggie wasn't inappropriate? And I wonder if perhaps Reggie never saw it as inappropriate, but it was Right, because
1: I feel like their interactions were primarily just talking, but the fact that it's a a female, like, it's your teacher, and you're meeting up
0: after hours, you know, like... Right, like, objectively... It looks bad. Yeah, objectively, like, from my perspective, this relationship is bad. But how bad, I think, is maybe the question that I have, and not that it necessarily matters, because if she was perceived to have inappropriate relationships with other students, it really doesn't matter. But... In terms of Reggie, you know, when he sees her, like he imagines her in his car.
1: In a very seductive manner. In a very seductive
0: manner. So it feels like there's tension there. Like if there wasn't actually sexual things occurring, that there was at least sexual tension. Right. And that it probably would have escalated. They to really that hyped point. that up, though. Like they hyped they up her
1: sexual like her sexual they premise. did she
0: was a very attractive woman they had a very attractive actress playing her the very
1: quick looks though I had texted it to you but I lo- ended up looking it up and it wasn't her I thought it was Diana Agron from oh Lee. <laughs> only because again we get flashes and yes. it was just like you know that whole like shadowy kind of look initially and mm-hmm. but it was not her but regardless they they did they made her out to be a very seductive woman and even his you know how he looked at her
0: right like reggie's not an idiot so like you would think that if she was ever coming on to him he would have known that she was right i think it was
1: more so just that the memory like he was just smirking at the memory not so much a sexual relationship just the this person made me or this person was there when i had nobody which is why i named the car after her because it's all i had i don't know i i still don't like it <laughs> no it's it's uncomfortable <laughs> given how he was i mean it didn't help the music choices when he would clean the or music polish the car this
0: choices very sensual sensual while like, well, he's esque
1: <laughs> he's literally polishing the car yeah which could have easily been an innuendo for polishing himself sure
0: yeah Yes. But it's gross. It's gross. And I didn't want to think of it that
1: way. But now I do.
0: Yeah. All of it was very uncomfortable. And so I don't necessarily think Veronica was wrong in her perception that this association between the car and this woman was a bad and unhealthy thing. However, she's a horrible person. The way she went about bringing this to Reggie's attention was absolutely horrific. It
1: bothers me because we went from the last episode of her basically ignoring the shit out of him. Right. And his contribution to her company, like her business and all that. Their business, their Well, you would never know <laughs> it, the way she treated him. And now she's going to play this whole... You're my man. Who's this
0: fucking bitch? You know,
1: that kind of stuff. And it's like, and she literally took a bat to the car. To his car. And I'm not just saying windows. Not cool. It looked like it went through a shredder. Like, she went to town on this car. But not even that. She just makes it about her. Yes. Like, everything. Well, it's us. You know, like, well, you have me now. Well, what if he doesn't fucking want you because you're a horrible
0: human being? Right. Right. And if there's no actual genuine attempt to help him?
1: No, it's all about her.
0: Yeah, because that's and that's the thing that bothers me because, you know, you if you suspect cuz she puts together this puzzle without Reggie being involved. So she kind of comes to her own conclusions. But rather than come to him and say, "Listen, um I recently understood that you may have like had some sort of relationship with your driver's ed teacher. Like, you know, like just to kind of like broach it softly, sensitively to kind of get a vibe on the situation because obviously that's trauma. Like yeah he was a child and this woman took advantage of him.
1: I would say it is weird he had her picture.
0: Oh, absolutely. Veronica is right to be concerned. What what she's not right about is the way that she tries to broach this conversation Mm -hmm. because presumably Reggie was an innocent in this whole thing, had no idea what he was doing or the fact that The relationship was wrong. So you have to come at that gently and be like, hey, so this woman probably took advantage of you when you were in a vulnerable state. And like, I'm really sorry about that. That really sucks. Like, can can we dig into this at all? Like, can we can we chip away at this? Maybe you should see a therapist. But like, no, she smashes the shit out of his car about it. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me that this is the way that she chooses to approach the situation and then it's even more embarrassing when she finds out that Reggie's father passed away like 20 minutes before she decided Her to smash Her reaction his car. to this was awful. Terrible. <laughs> I mean like like it's you could not have done worse.
1: Like no nothing like she's an I can't
0: i know i know i like i i normally have my issues with veronica like pretty much every time she decides to do something i have a comment about it and i had i just i couldn't i i was so done in this episode because i couldn't understand why she did what she did and and the way that she approached this reggie doesn't deserve this no and her her is, so, her this solution- is awful
1: her solution is, I'm going to get him the car. I'm going to buy a yes. new car. Yep. And then she also is. Make it is- better with
0: money. Right.
1: Yep. The lodge way. The lodge way. And also, call him Reggiekins. <clears throat> I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. You know, this is why I hate pet names. But I- what if I she. I never liked pet names. Pet names are one thing, but like. Do you have to add kins at the end of everything?
0: I know, she sounds like a fucking child. Think like, of
1: something new. Yeah,
0: exactly. If she if she ever just called Archie Archie Kins, like there's that's one thing. But she
1: said daddy kins and now it's Reggie Kins. Yeah,
0: it's it's all pretty gross. But like I personally have never liked pet names. I'm just not a fan. I No,
1: I could deal with the like babe. Like that's enough. I, I don't, don't even like that. Oh, I like babe. That's about
0: it. No, I don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. Oh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. I know, Lisa. I know. It's just, it's, it's like, it's impersonal to me. Okay.
1: Well, in this case, it's totally
0: impersonal because she uses the same one for everyone. Well, exactly. And I actually clocked this last episode when she called him lover. Oh, Because she used to call Archie that too. Well, th- And that's why, I, that's why I don't like it because it's like if you can apply the same nickname to me and all your other girlfriends, like Fair. I'm not really a fan of that. So I'm just not big on the pet names. Just, you know, tips for anybody trying to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, there's lots of people trying to do that. Oh,
1: man. Who should we move on to?
0: We should stay in the zone of toxic relationships, I think. Which would be Jughead and Tabitha. Yes. This was... uh, How did you find
1: this to be... Like, were you intrigued by it? Did
0: it... I felt blah about this whole episode. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I... uh, I don't know what to say about this because I have voiced my concerns about their relationship prior to this and Mm -hmm. I almost feel like I can't be unbiased in that I just feel like their relationship is not stable. Like I no. even even before this I had my doubts. But let's just be real though. Okay. No Riverdale or
1: Riverdale relationship is stable. Fair. They kind of fall into this they fall into each other's laps.
0: Right. It's and then there's like
1: it's convenience. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. really nothing Nobody actually else.
0: falls in love. It's just like, "Oh, here you are." No, it's there's <laughs>
1: not these tragic love stories behind any of it it's just very like oh hi you work here now i work here now okay i guess we well, should date. yeah like and I then can't... live together
0: yeah so let's uh, let's talk about that because my problem initially is that i don't think they should have moved in together so quickly so but there's... we also
1: don't know what time is in this Ugh. fucking place Ugh, what is time i don't know because i've gone back and forth this could l- easily be
0: Although... Two
1: weeks or two months. I don't know. But
0: honestly, two weeks or two months, they should not have moved in together. Mm -mm. And that's actually... So one of my questions is, uh, in Rivervale, does Jughead not have the position of working with the school paper? Because that was his whole thing in the end of season five, where he was going to start working for the Riverdale student paper. And I... I feel like that was part of the reason why Tabitha was like, let's move in together. You have a steady source of income. I have a steady source of income. We can afford rent. And that was sort of the arrangement that had happened.
1: But also in Rivervale, mm-hmm. is anybody working at the school?
0: Well, well, that's what I mean. Like, So does this... Opportunity then not exist for Jughead, or is he just a writer again? Because we haven't heard anything about this. And thus, if he was only like trying to get off his feet again as a writer, like this is just a really catastrophically stupid thing for Tabitha to do. Because you you're now moving in with somebody who can't afford to contribute to rent and then getting mad at that person for being a fucking bum. And Not that Jughead was not being a fucking bum and being really annoying, but, like, this this just shouldn't, this situation should not have happened.
1: I don't know what crosses over and what doesn't.
0: I know. Like, I'm really, I'm really. It's hard to talk about any of this. I'm still
1: very torn, because you're like, oh, well, end of season five. Okay, but we're now in this five-episode event, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's, do we just disregard all of that and take this at face value? Right. And hope that when we come back again in March, we're back to fucking normal, and then we could discuss these things. Like, that's where I'm at. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think we have to put the finale to the side. We can't even relate it back to that, because there's too many weird fucking changes. Yeah.
0: I do have a random theory about that, but I don't know if it's a good time to address it now or if we should address it later.
1: Well, now I want to know.
0: Well- I'm building off of your theory of it being like a dream or like a coma dream mm-hmm. situation. So imagine, if you will, that Archie is in some sort of coma, but you know Betty and like the uh, the rest of the crew is visiting and kind of recapping, like giving Archie right, like
1: talking stories to him, about yeah. what's
0: going on, and and so like. Maybe it's things, his reiteration of the it. things that are happening in River Vale. Some of it is actually happening in Riverdale, and they're just saying, like, you know, like Veronica comes in and she's like, Oh, I had this really awful fight with Reggie, and blah blah blah, and like talks about it, but like, you know, it doesn't necessarily go as deep as what we're seeing in Rivervale, but it is there's a seed of truth that carries over into Riverdale. Right. So I think that that feels reasonable because we are addressing a lot of things that should be addressed in Riverdale, but, you know, if, like, none of this matters, then it's a waste of time. So some of it must matter. So, like, the ritual, you know, where Archie's heart gets ripped out is probably not true, but maybe the part where maybe
1: it's a, a euphemism for something
0: like why why else sure. no but like no no i'm saying you're ripped out because of betty being infertile <laughs> or something yeah. like
1: that like something that uh, closely affected him but again i don't know what to take seriously right now sure. and what should be brought over to the next like chapter or whatever
0: I think the way that I'm operating is that...
1: But I do like exactly what you said. And yeah, I think well, that if we wrote the show, we'd Operating be
0: under that, like, I'm just, I'm taking everything seriously. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see what gets cast aside. So I'm, I'm taking a lot of what's happening sort of mostly at face value. And, you know, if we keep some stuff, we keep some stuff. If we don't, we don't. I think personally, especially because at the end of this whole Jughead and Tabitha issue, Jughead's like, or Tabitha, I think says, you know, was that us or was that the ghost? Yes. And and Jughead was like, I think it was kind of both. And I fucking agree with that because I think I think that most of this felt really true to who they are as people. Yes,
1: I think it was a deep down, a deep rooted issue for the both of them. And then this is how it kind of evolved. And came out in this sense. Right. But it wasn't fully them. It was their environment.
0: Yeah, it might have been slightly exaggerated, but I do think Jughead is a slob and is like a thousand percent unmotivated and lazy. And I think Tabitha is a go getter and sort of neurotic. And
1: yeah, I'd be pissed too to come home to that. Sure,
0: absolutely. But again, do you move in with this person after a few months? Knowing this, right. Like you
1: already know this.
0: This is why I think it's pretty crucial to live with somebody before you marry them. You know, percent. I really hate when people insist on... Although keeping, I did it, it didn't help. Separate. <laughs> I mean, like, my, my family's super traditional. Like, they would never... My sister and her husband, they never lived together before they were married. Hmm. Everything's working out so far. But, like, it's, it's just kind of wild to me because, you know, as soon as I started living with my ex... Things started coming to the surface of like who we were as people and like our habits mm-hmm. and what we wanted and what we didn't want. And I think largely we broke up because we moved in together. But that was a good thing because I would rather break up before we got married than get yep. married and then suddenly realize like, oh, shit, we're not compatible living together on this scale. So, yeah, so
1: all in all, I needed this.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't have, like, a whole lot to say about this story because I felt like it was almost predictable. Yeah. It made sense to me the way that it evolved. You know, the couple that lived in the apartment before them died by murder-suicide. The woman got fed up with the man for being so fucking obsessed with his work, which, again, like, all of it just tracks to me. The ships in the bottle was weird. That yeah, was that was a little weird. Sort of an odd thing, an odd hobby to pick up. But you I did remember. kind of like when Jughead came home yeah. and was like, "I bought all this scotch. I'm just gonna pour it down the drain and use the bottles." It was and like,
1: she's like, "My hard-earned money on scotch,
0: and then you're not even like, yeah, which like totally fair. Like, yeah, I understand that. But it was like the whole thing was just really dysfunctional. And then. At the moment, we're literally where Tabitha's about to bash Jughead's skull in with a hammer and then is like, you know what? No, this is probably not a good idea. I love you, though. Like, that's the time to say I love you. This was, oh, this, this really bothered me. The fact that they exchanged their I love you's after this episode. It felt so wrong to me. She was literally going to murder him.
1: Yeah. But I think there was a weird realization that she came to or that they came to at that point. I don't know. Again, I don't know.
0: I think there's a big gap between I don't want to murder you and I love you, though. Like,
1: that's my problem See, and with I think it. there's a fine line between it. Oh,
0: interesting. I really
1: think there's a fine line between
0: it. <laughs> okay. I think there should. Personally, I think there should be a big gap between that. But you think it's a fine line? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
1: I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I think there is a definite fine line <laughs> No, no, between... nobody is
0: right or wrong in this situation. Right. I, think just... There's,
1: I just think there's a fine line between- Fascinating. I want to bash your brains in and I love you. Mm. I think I've been there.
0: Okay. I don't think I've been there.
1: I mean, I've been, I, I have been there. I mean, I haven't held the hammer in my hand, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I've, I've teetered on that line several times in my life so i kind of get it and i think that they kind of you know addressed it and showed it in a way that was pretty accurate (laughs) not gonna lie like just the fact that they're like uh, there's chaos around them and then they could just think for a second and like but i love you and it's like yeah i fucking get that i get it
0: Mm, yeah i guess they don't get it I've been that mad at somebody, but I haven't loved them at the same time. Fair. I've been that mad and been like, this is over. We're never fucking speaking again. But I've never been like, I love you, but I also want to bash your skull in. I've mm. never been to that place.
1: Okay. I hope you never have to. Yeah, I really. I <laughs> it's actually, not like, it's, it's not, not the best seems very place.
0: confusing as a place, as a destination.
1: <laughs> that's not the best place. And that's why I am where I am right now. But it's fine. Oh, okay. Makes so much more sense now. Right?
0: <laughs> One thing I just found super interesting and perhaps not relevant but something I flagged. It felt like they're still really leaning into the Betty Jughead dynamic.
1: Oh, I didn't like
0: that. I because, did not like that. Because of two things. First of all, Jughead was devastated when Tabitha smashed mm-hmm. his typewriter. When not because that- not because it was an expensive typewriter no, or No, an because antique, Betty got it for because him. Because it was a gift from Betty. And That I wasn't
1: expecting.
0: And when Betty tells Tabitha how Jughead always wanted her to read his raw drafts, and Tabitha clearly reacted in a way that was like Jughead had never asked her to read. And when she tried, he was like, no. Exactly. So All right. I don't know what this is, what it means. I, I really think that they're not going to revisit but that's what we're
1: talking about about the whole like where is Riverdale and where's River- what's Riverdale what's Riverdale like yeah that's a whole Riverdale scenario yeah in Riverdale Betty gave him the typewriter
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know like Betty's comments make more sense but it's like you literally brought us to a different dimension and you're going to overlap so much shit
0: well that's why that's I that's why don't I flagged understand it cuz I was like why are we still on this Because it really does seem like they're trying to move both couples past that and not make it weird. Because I did, I think I read an article somewhere where it was saying, like, Betty and Tabitha have started a really nice partnership, a really nice friendship. And that's going to continue in season six, which is great. I do like their dynamic and the way that they work together. And it's not like a weird, jealousy-driven sort of competition. Mm -hmm. But they're forcing these... Moments back on us, and I'm like, "Why are you doing this?" Right? I thought like
1: we evolved. I thought like we've gotten
0: past. If that. it means nothing, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. So I'm just flagging it because I, you can't ignore it. Like, no, like it was they, they're blatantly making it obvious, obvious. Yes. So I, I'm just gonna point it out, but I, I don't know what it means because I really, again, I really don't think they're gonna go back to Betty and Jughead as a couple. So I don't know why they're. Just, like, kind of teasing us with this yeah. dynamic. Unless they just are trying to keep things interesting, but...
1: Yeah, no, there was no avoiding him yelling that.
0: But that shocked me. me. That I was like, what? That shocked me. I was like, really? Like, I That's thought we what? were past this. I, I really thought we were past I thought past he was going to be upset. I thought he was about to say, like, that costs, like, X amount of money. And, like, be really upset about the, the cost of the machine itself. But, no, it was sentimental value, which was kind of interesting to me but there was no motif so <laughs> there was no music to indicate that there was anything significant no so what well, we can we can uh move on from that but i yeah just had to call that out the final ghost story has to deal with tony and cheryl and betty
1: and someone who i did not think they'd make cross over Dorla. oh fucking Dorla. <laughs> The whole time, I'm like,
0: this bitch, you really
1: brought this bitch back for Rivervale. Like, this I, bitch. can we be done with her?
0: Yes, like, not going quietly into the night is kind of her, her MO, but yeah, holy, shit. that was that was a, a really nice, <laughs> like, we had back.
1: this flashback. Which, let me tell you, I felt like I was in West Side Story.
0: I think that's what we were supposed to feel, because if we weren't, then it was a blatant ripoff of in West the Side <laughs> Story. In the most
1: weird and cryptic way. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, you, this is West Side Story, but also the most uncomfortable version that you could put yourself in. And, you know, we find out Tony, in defense of the chaos that is going on, ends up shooting Darla's only son she has left
0: right the only son she has left because dodger i guess died i
1: think he died during the thanksgiving thing like f- did two he seasons ago. Uh,
0: i mean like the beginning of season five god i don't uh,
1: even want to go back i'm sorry but we do
0: she's lost all of. Her it's sons.
1: significant that it's her last son that yeah, you know right
0: and we i mean how do you want to go into this because well first like r.i.p steven sondheim because he did all the music for West Side Story. Did. And Riverdale had no idea when they put this episode out. So, like, ironically, It they, is very ironic. They had, they had a really nice tribute to his legacy. A true artist. Um, yes. So, yeah, uh, West Side Story. Stephen I'm. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. One thing I need to call out from the West Side Story opening here was I don't get why Tony... Our mature woman, social worker, guidance counselor is throwing knives at a gang fight.
1: But this was a flashback. How many months? Three.
0: Oh, that's it. Three months. (laughs) Like, not enough. Not enough months.
1: (laughs) Baby Anthony exists still.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes. This was infuriating to me. And this is the line that Riverdale tries to walk with the gangs in the Riverdale universe. The fact that we
1: still have a turf war with the ghoulies exactly. is insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, the so the fact that they ever had them in the first place, I mean, the Serpents used to be sort of a rough and tumble kind of gang back in the day, even when Jughead joined. But even when Jughead joined... It wasn't like they were like knife people like selling drugs. You know, they were never involved in the drug business. That was the ghoulies. They're trying to. Right. And it was separate turfs.
1: It was the South side. And it yeah. was. Yeah.
0: They were trying to make gangs less violent and despicable so that they could still have main characters involved in them without them being like total scumbags. right? And they're still doing that now. Like Tony is still a serpent. But they can't have her involved in a gang that's going around dealing drugs or you know shivving people in the alleys. Like they they can't do that. So they're they're walking this weird fine line of like, well, she's in a really tough gang, but she's also a guidance counselor, and so like, she inadvertently has a conscience. shoots someone. Yeah, she she inadvertently knifes Darla's son. She was only trying to wound. She wasn't trying to kill. But he, like, dives in front of them. But, again, should not have been there in the first place. Right. I know that there's no police force in Riverdale, but you're a mother. Why are you here? Mm -hmm. Why are you even involved in this? And. uh, That's
1: what I wonder. You have a trend going and you have somewhat of a storyline going. And the turn happens and you're like. What went through the writers' heads at that point where they're like, let's go from a somewhat normal scenario and then throw the monkey wrench in and be like, but she's still going to be totally affiliated with this gang and she has to do this, that, and the other thing? And it's like, no, but you just told us that she's a guidance counselor and a decent head at the school. Right. And doing these, like, great things and has a child and is getting her life together with
0: Fangs. And now you have her literally stabbing people. Exactly. Well, that's and that's the thing too. Like, if you're gonna have the Serpents be a legitimate operation within the community, you know, they were truck drivers for season five. Like again, they were, that was that came out of fucking nowhere which, too. Yes, but also like, fine, if you're gonna give them legal venues of employment, sure. Then then you're making them less of a gang and more of an institution which is okay as long mm-hmm. as we stick with that. But now we're back to literally like gang fights over the fact that a serpent fell in love with a ghoulie and now everybody's fucking fighting and killing each other. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, Is why? that really
1: the worst thing that could happen? Uh,
0: I mean, ask Shakespeare. He started this whole bullshit.
1: <laughs> well, all I can say is this gets really weird.
0: It does, yeah. So, like, if we can if we can move on from the fact that Tony, the high school guidance counselor and social worker... I mean, we can say somebody. that,
1: yeah, we can say that, I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to Tarantino it, if you will, and just say, in the end, she does a very noble thing. Yes. But, again, what the fuck? That it had to come to this.
0: Yeah. It's so, a little aggressive. Let's work our way up to that. Mm-hmm. So after this whole gang fight. We have three months later. We have three months later, Tony's in therapy because she killed somebody by accident and she feels really guilty about it, which is fine, but also maybe just don't be at the brawl. So the first death, suspicious death, is this girl, the the serpent princess who fell in love with the ghoulie prince. And the mother is blamed for the death. The girl died in a bathtub. And they say that she died by drowning. Which is just weird because, you know, you're 16. You probably wouldn't drown in a bathtub. And so they're suspecting it was murder. But Tony's like, it can't possibly be murder. This woman is not capable of it. Betty, who's investigating via the FBI, is like, well, I have to look into it. So Tony is like... Uh, But look into this whole vengeance spirit thing. And and he's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll look into the vengeance. Oh, wait. Before we even get into this, I just, I must, I must mention that we have no acknowledgement of the fact that Archie died by sacrifice in the prior episode. Oh, they don't talk about him at all. Nobody mentions fuck shit about it. And not only that, but... Betty talks about naming her child after Archie as though he died in a fire or, like, some other, like, really sad and, like, respectful way.
1: And not only that, (laughs) she talks about it so nonchalantly, like, there's no sorrow in
0: her Well, exactly like she wasn't a part of that whole ritual i hate this show yeah i know i know i understand so yeah i mean this like really pissed me off because i I was like okay we're just not gonna talk about the fact that archie's heart was ripped out and then he's dead now okay and then fine if we're not gonna talk about that but then betty is immediately like oh my baby and i'm gonna name it archie if it's a boy and it's like you fucking killed this man you You let him to his death And ripped out his heart, and now you're going to name your child after him? All right. So, uh, keeping that in mind, Betty's like, uh, no, yeah, like, I'm not going to consider vengeance spirits as a potential option. And she doesn't seriously consider it until she loses her own baby.
1: Well, I think prior to that, didn't we get a little backstory on, what is it, La
0: La Llorona?
1: La Llorona, yeah. Um... That she will take any child, even in the womb. So then we get to the point where I forget if we heard that before or after, but then we obviously realize that Dr. Cuddle Jr. tells her, you know
0: You don't have a baby. It's <laughs> your a baby's hy- done.
1: It, it, right. It's a hysterical pregnancy. These happens all the time, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, No, but like you told me I was... Pr- like, this...
0: Yeah, because before that, we have the scene where La Yorona comes into Betty's room and, like, puts her swampy hand on her And stomach. I predicted
1: the swampy thing.
0: You did. You did. I thought it was burns, but it was, in fact... It was swamp. ...swamp uh, decay. Yeah. Which... Um, can we just say swamps do not preserve bodies but we've established that many times we have established that many times i will establish it many more times she puts her hand on betty's stomach her swampy hand and then the swamp juices suck the (laughs) fetus out (laughs) and uh, betty is no longer pregnant we, we don't sh- have a swamp juice baby. <laughs> swamp juices. Gear. Yeah. So, we should also mention that prior to this, Juniper is almost drowned by La Llorona when she's staying with the blossoms. Can we talk about why the blossoms ever have custodial rights to the twins?
1: I don't know, but they gave him really, really horrible fake red hair. Yeah. Why
0: can't they? Da find Dagwood has children? like the
1: worst. I know worst there were, like
0: I know there were, like, 1% of the population, but you would think they'd be able to find, like, somebody.
1: In Riverdale, are way more than 1% of the population. They're okay, like... fair.
0: Yeah, fair. That's fair. Most of the redheads um, come from Riverdale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am probably descendant from a oh, blossom. Oh, <laughs> snap. So I'm, like, probably inbred slash, um, like, heir to a maple throne. Honestly, those are the only two options. But... Yes, yeah, so there have been, like, lots of attempted murders, but Betty only believes it when it happens to her fetus, which is great.
1: And then she decides to investigate it.
0: Yeah, and then at this point also, Tony is being interviewed by social services because somebody, some anonymous mm-hmm. person has reported her as being an unfit mother, which, you know what? Makes sense. Makes sense to me, because at the time you know like la llorona is in her apartment trying to kill her baby while she's having this interview but she stops it but then after that she her solution is to give the baby to fangs and take him to the white worm which is a bar with alcohol and have her gang her you know serpents you have a baby in a bar right to um to guard him yeah against la llorona so like really good ideas all around. While she and Betty go to Thornhill to have a seance with Cheryl and Nana Rose to call As upon, one does. As one does, to call upon La Llorona to interrogate her as to why she's here and what the fuck she wants. Which comes through Aunt, uh, Grandma Aunt. Rose, sorry. <laughs> Aunt Nana
1: Rose. Sorry, <laughs> Nana Rose. Yeah, in a weird, really creepy way. Yeah.
0: And
1: Sances she basically says that Her kid was taken and killed.
0: The legend of La Llorona in Riverdale is that this woman cared for children in an orphanage or something, and when the kids started dying, they blamed her, so they killed her and her children or something. Now, I did a little research. They
1: said that that story happened... Like, there's several stories of that, like, in different...
0: Did I... Did I hear that? Yeah, I think... Well, there's a lot of iterations of La Llorona. However, in none of the iterations that I saw, was La Llorona a victim? She murdered her own children. Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's why she's being punished. It wasn't like she was just murdered. So she's not the victim. I don't like
1: where this is going Yeah,
0: so in the original folklore, La Llorona is the one responsible for drowning her own children. Some say it was because she was cheated on and she was seeking revenge on her husband by drowning their children. And some say it was because the children were illegitimate, so she had to drown them. But in none of the versions were her children drowned without her consent. And uh, so she was definitely not a victim, and the cruelty of her deeds was what prevented her from entering the afterlife. Um, And then she was cursed to roam the earth looking.
1: Good, she fucking deserved it. So what... Yeah. Why are we getting this story then?
0: I don't know. It seems like Riverdale just adapted that legend to their purposes and decided... (laughs) Well, I don't like how they did it. Yeah, just sort of bend the truth to be, uh, I don't know, useful to them. But uh, yeah, she's not a sympathetic character. We should not feel bad for her. Well, Tony feels bad for her because yeah.
1: Tony decides the only way she's going to be able to save baby Anthony is to swap places with Lalorona. Yeah. Yeah. And say, I will take your hurt. I will take your pain. If, you know, and yeah. She literally tells Betty, please take care of me, Anthony. Take care, Anthony. Anthony. And it's like, here's here's the child you wanted. (laughs) See you later. I'm going to become a swamp monster now. And she literally inhabits the body and goes into the swamp. Yeah, she
0: gets the weird, like, white, dead eye look and then, like, wanders into Sweetwater River. So that's a thing that happens. What I'm wondering is, do you think that we're going to lose a main character in every episode of this special event?
1: That would be an interesting theory
0: because none of this matters like we're going to get everybody back eventually. So, we don't know. We I it, it it's a hope, but I mean, I don't
1: I literally cannot make any assumptions anymore. Like I can't say, "Oh, after this 5 week special thing, we're going to be back to normal." I don't believe it. I don't. I There's going to be something weird. Well, and the, I don't know what. Like
0: I said, I mean, the only the only way that I can see things sort of resuming but acknowledging the past I mean this five episode event would be to have it be sort of here and not here. So have Archie like coma, be aware yeah. of what's going on, but not aware. I think I think there's a lot in that option of having him be in a coma or Something like that and hearing what's going on, being told what's going on and having it filter through his dream world because dream worlds are weird, you know, like yeah. stuff can be filtered through in a weird way. So that would
1: make I would appreciate this more if that's how it goes. I'm going to be
0: really upset if it's
1: not actually because right? I think I
0: think I've like in my brain I've committed to this outcome and so if it doesn't happen that way i'm just going to be kind of honestly <laughs>
1: prior to the premiere that's how i felt i'm like this is how it has to be there's no way that this happens this happens this and then last week we see like archie's heart's ripped out and i'm like oh my lord <laughs> and it's just it has to, it has to be it has to be some type of coma dream like you said Everybody's coming in, telling him stories, and it's being interpreted in certain ways, and that's where we're getting Rivervale from. This is now only the second. We have three more to go.
0: Um, this is the only reason I feel like I can make it through this. is like we're, we're almost halfway through. We just have a little bit more to go. Right. I'm pretty excited about next week because we get not only the devil, but TBK action. Yeah, so a little, I'm a little more. Pretty safe, yeah. although again, like we don't know what it means. Is it actually like real stuff that we need to pay? Because right, to?
1: because the the vision or the the look we got
0: of the TBK, yes, looked a little ridiculous. It did. He his whole head was wrapped in like cellophane. It was like it was very like not
1: like a paper mache garbage bag. And I, I whereas the finale. Didn't show his face, but just like a bloody wife beard. You know what I mean. So it was like,
0: yeah. It, and now we're
1: seeing a very weird, costumey, mask face
0: yeah, thing. And I don't know quite how to feel about it yet. I'm just uh, the. It's all I know is that I'm excited about that yeah a little bit more yeah because that's what I care about. This is like the real life sustenance that I that keeps me going regardless of whether or not it actually carries over. And I
1: think the whole devil scenario it carries over to different storylines. I thought it was just gonna be like Reggie and Veronica Mm -hmm. but it looks like Kevin more people are discussing it and he is coming up to other people. So
0: Right. We don't know his
1: where he comes from and why and why he's called the devil.
0: And that's part of why I ask um, if maybe we think we're going to lose somebody in each episode, because, you know, a deal with the devil is usually a deal for your soul.
1: Part of me feels like it could be Reggie.
0: Yeah, he's in a desperate enough situation. He's in a really bad place and Veronica's not helping. Uh, She's horrible. She's the worst, in case we didn't make that clear. (laughs) So I think he could be in a spot to potentially offer his soul to, in an exchange of some kind, maybe to get his own father back or success for business, something like that. Maybe Kevin's involved, because I think this is Kevin's musical number episode. I feel like we (gasps) saw a bit of that. So maybe, like you know, what bothers me a lot—what
1: for a five-episode event did we really have to have a musical
0: episode right away? No, but we have gone two episodes without one. So should we be grateful? No. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I think we should.
1: I'm a little upset because I feel like you're going to do a five episode event. You're going to throw this curveball of a different dimension at us and you're still going to hit us with a fucking musical yeah, number. Yeah, I mean,
0: ideally we wouldn't have any musical numbers, but given the fact that we've gone two apps without one, I feel pretty lucky. Fine. I don't think we managed that in, in season five. <laughs> All right. So listen, we just have to be grateful p- for progress. But yeah. So I think um, we have more disappointment on the horizon. We've discovered now after two back-to-back eps of complete bullshit, we can expect the bullshit to continue.
1: I am a little nervous how this wraps up to then give us the hiatus to March. Like, I'm a little nervous as to how much of a cliffhanger we're going to get or if we're going to get one at all. Yeah. But just seeing what we're doing with like every episode is just a wild fucking ride and it's all clearly not linking to the previous right like they did they did not acknowledge archie
0: dying literally dying
1: in the worst possible fashion so
0: right
1: I, i don't i don't know
0: if i if i can make a guess which i am so reluctant to do at this time i think that the post hiatus season six will pick up where season five left off in terms of the bomb under Archie's bed Mm -hmm. and all of that bullshitty nonsense. And there will be cherry picked from Rivervale stuff that is still relevant and will have happened in the Riverdale universe. I just don't think we know what any of those things are at this point. I think we can we can make a safe guess, you know, Archie being sacrificed is not going to carry over. A lot of the more supernatural events are not going to carry over. Tony turning into La Llorona is not going to carry over. So I think we can kind of get an idea, but I think that... There'll be sprinkles of effects from that, though. I think that otherwise this is just a huge fucking waste of time. And if it is a huge waste of time, I'm going to be so fucking mad
1: (laughs) yeah because we're clearly clearly (laughs) talking about it so
0: yeah so like fine but I think I think that there will be something we can take from this event to carry over I just don't know what it is yet and I think we're only gonna find that out in March so we kind of just have to slog through this and uh and see what happens when we all regain our senses and
1: hope for them in
0: March (laughs) Honestly, that's all I'm... It's all we can hope for, really. I mean, and can I tell you, I'm still else.
1: very thrown off by Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock.
0: Oh, my God. And especially- We
1: both A, forget, and B, yep. are like, um, it doesn't feel normal. I was about
0: to tune in at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, and then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, it's not on yet. <laughs> right, and it's so like, oh, my God, it's
1: on at 9, and then I... I don't know. I just had a decent routine when it was on at Wednesdays yeah, at 8. it, it and kills I, your
0: whole night when it's on at 9, because by the time it's over, then it's like time for bed. Exactly. I'm so, like, okay,
1: well, now I should start to go to sleep, whereas Wednesdays at 8, I was right. like, I still have time to watch something else exactly. afterwards.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's not So cool. for
1: this to be the first that, like, the th- last thing before I go to sleep <laughs> is the worst possible yeah, scenario. Yeah, I've had
0: some weird Riverdale dreams, but I... I Luckily
1: I've not.
0: No, it's it's always like weird undertones. Like it's never an actual like Riverdale universe dream. It's just like randomly like Archie will be there and I'm like, What the fuck are you doing in my dream tonight? Get out of here. I don't you know. need to sage. I need to give you some sage. <laughs> I need to do something. I don't know. I definitely
1: need to give you sage because that I do not dream of these people. So <laughs>
0: Listen, I'm—I have an exceptional subconscious where I remember my dreams the next day in like vivid color.
1: Sometimes I do, and I have to write them down immediately, otherwise I'll forget. But they are never Riverdale related.
0: I remember my dreams every single night. Wow, it's a burden. Because sometimes they're really boring and sometimes they're really stressful. Sometimes they make me feel uncomfortable because, like, something weird happened and now I have to act normal around the person that was involved. It's it's a burden. You dream
1: every night? Have- every
0: night. I don't have one every night. Every night. It's a lot. And that's why I'm never rested. Because <laughs> my brain is so fucking active in the nighttime hours.
1: Oh, mine's just active in general. Like, I don't. I don't need a
0: dream to keep John's me awake. Like genius. Yeah, I wish <laughs> her brain is active constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I wish, but no, I have not dreamt of
0: the Riverdale cast. I do sometimes. At all. it's never fun. But I
1: think it all depends on like where you are in life, like what sticks. And do you what have doesn't. recurring dreams? No,
0: really. Oh, I have. I have a couple. I have recurring dreams. One is where I lose my teeth. I hate that. Oh, one. yes I do.
1: I'm sorry. I lose my car. I can't find where I park my car. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely It happens a lot and it scares the shit out of me and I wake up and I'm like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. But like I know where I park my car and it's like, "Oh my god, it's stolen." Like I get <laughs> and it's always on the street. Like it's not in a parking lot or something. It's always like I'm visiting somebody and I parked it there and it's not there anymore. Mm. And it's a very weird. I've tried to analyze it and look it up and I don't understand.
0: The interpretation yeah, I'm, I'm of it. definitely sure it, it betrays some sort of inner anxieties that we have. But yeah, losing my teeth and then driving a car that's going too fast where I can't control it. Oh, is my other one. I also have the falling ones. Oh, I have those sometimes. I wouldn't call them recurring. Like I feel like that's just something normal that uh, I feel like a lot of people have that. Where yes, but I've also heard, heard like, that
1: like you wake up mid fall, but if you don't,
0: you you're die. Dead. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's really no way to know that, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or reiterate it to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, you know it. <laughs> sure. I and mean, then you're dead. Right. Damn you, Riverdale, for making us think that our dreams are. Relevant. In any capacity.
0: <laughs> Whatever, you never know. Maybe we're just living in an alternate universe when we're dreaming. Or maybe we're living in the alternate universe. And when we're dreaming, that's our real life. Wow
1: don't cut this out this is good
0: (laughs) this is profound conversation
1: no it is i like i like our real-time conversations during
0: yeah and like if anybody doesn't they can just tune out at this point because we're pretty much done we are
1: so that being said until then that's endgame